2016, and we're back with the Puck Fortland podcast. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks for being with us here for another amazing year. It's going to be great. Today we're going to be talking to Jason Van Horn from BermStyle.com. Go check out BermStyle, B-E-R-M, style.com. It's a great site. Jason just put up all new site, rebuilt the whole thing from scratch, and it looks awesome. Uh, we were really happy to talk uh, to him uh, just the other day. So what you're going to listen to here is uh, me and Jason talking all about what he's doing, what he's been up to, uh, how we're going to get more trails in Portland, up in Astoria, uh, as far as mountain biking goes, and also all the other cool things he's doing as far as working with frame builders around Portland and just keeping his stees going. Uh, Jason does some really cool stuff, so check him out here on the podcast. Uh, before we start, I just wanted to say shout out to our sponsors, our old sponsors who we worked with in 2015, uh, com, cleanwitindustries.com, and Panacea. Those guys are great. Thank you so much. This year, and our first and only sponsor that I have here before the first episode kicks off for 2016 is... Kindheart Collective in Kenton. They're an awesome, awesome group of guys. Go to kindheartcollective.com or visit their store in downtown Kenton. The cool thing about Kindheart is what they do is they have daily specials which are 10% off. And if you purchase one of the specials, that 10% goes to your whole purchase. So you get 10% off everything. Kindheart Collective. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Check out the podcast. Jason Van Horn from BermStyle.com. You're listening to the Puck Portland Podcast. for the weather to get nice we start riding our bikes again so that's kind of our thing it's right around the corner yep when does it get nice here i guess i'll wait that's i started already just because oh, right. i was like <laughs> i might as well get it guys thanks for joining us jason van horn from berm style i kept saying burn style all day oh yeah berm style b-e-r-m yep. style right correct thanks for coming man Thanks for having me. I'm super excited that you're here. Cheers. Cheers. Happy Wednesday. So what's going on? You we were just talking about your new website uh, just went up, but then we we sort of jumped back into you guys just came up and you're sort of adjusting to the Portland life up here. Yeah. So I'm from the Northwest, but moved away in 2003. You're from Astoria. Yeah. I know that. <clears throat> yeah, little yeah. town on the coast, surrounded by forest, no mountain biking. Story is the best. 
I love it there. It's a cool town. It's a great it town to grow up in, I bet. ridiculous amount of potential. Yeah. Like, it's a beautiful town, beautiful water, surrounded by forest, no mountain bike trails, tons of logging roads. They are very open to having mountain bike trails there, except for, like the rest of the state, the big issue is no money. Uh, yeah. So I'm actually learning how to operate the Northwest Trail Alliance's trail building machines now because uh, it's a good skill to have. I'm already an experienced trail builder, so we'll see if this actually ever happens where I can find the spare time to do it. But right. I'd love to go down there and help build some trails. Up there. Astoria. A whole up. Yeah. You know, it's really more west of here. Yeah, it's, it's... We're already at Washington. <laughs> Uh, we really are. Well, why isn't there any trails in Portland? It can't be a money issue there. It's just got to be like a illegality. They claim it's a money issue. Yeah? I think it's, well, I think it's a lot of reasons. But right. That's one of them. Yeah. I mean, we just sat in on last week's master plan meeting for the Riverview Natural Area mm-hmm. and talk about a frustrating and a bit confusing conversation. Have you been following that at all? A little bit here and there. I just sort of pick up um, the blunt overviews of like Instagram and Twitter, where you're like, "Oh, I, you know, you don't hear the whole story, and you're not there." But th- through like word of mouth, also, I have a, I know what's happening, but I'm not following it. Totally. So tell us what's going on. Well, let's see. When did I live here? I lived here from 1998 to 2003. And I remember I was visiting you a lot in Ashland when mm-hmm. I was coming through there. But then 2003, I moved. That's actually when I moved to the Bay. No, I, I moved to the Portland. Ashland area for a while. Right. Yeah. That's, that's where we crossed paths the most for the year I was there. Right. And uh, after about a year, moved to the Bay Area, where I've been for the last five, eight years off and on. So you went, you went Ashland. Didn't you have a short stint in Portland as well, real quick? No, no, I was Before, in Portland for a while. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I lived in Portland from, was it 97 to 2003? Okay, I'm thinking we're talking Ashland. So I would see you in Ashland, but you were living here. Yeah. Yeah. But then I was down in Ashland for a full year before yeah. making it all the way to my end goal, which was somewhere warmer. Right. And you would always come down to visit your brother, Isaac Van Horn. Shout out to Isaac Van Horn. Word. But this, is, this podcast is not about him. Although, Although we, I'd love to have that guy on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> we should. My brother is awesome. Uh, he's like, <laughs> he works his butt off, hangs out with the kids and the fam, and the rest of the time plays harder than anybody I know. Any 40-year-old, you know. Yep. So what's going on with the trail? So how? Is oh. it, so is that like one of the side projects you're trying to do? I mean, I know you're... I'm not too involved in that one. Right. I just kind of vested interest mainly yeah. because what it represents for the whole city. oh it's such a good project for everyone that, like i'm surprised it's, there's not trails everywhere i don't know how you get the money you know you just have to raise the money somehow the money's got to come from somewhere this town's had a lack of vision when it comes to mountain biking it's not even ever been included or even on the table mm-hmm. that's the problem yeah. yeah so i mean you know riverview i mean there's been a lot of green spaces in portland and back in the day we used to get off work at the bike shop, you know, after drinking a beer, we'd all go out on our bikes and go hit some trails. And we usually would hit 
you know, starting from southeast, we hit Mount Tabor, sometimes down to Oaks Bottom. If you went down to Oaks Bottom, you cross the bridge, cruise up through the cemetery, and drop into Riverview. We've been doing that for years. And then, was it a couple of years ago, the city ended up buying the land? I believe that's the story. Right. And the idea is they were going to purchase that as a nature preserve. And, um, whoa. Oh, that's the neighbor. That's Steve. He's got a... Uh... <laughs> He scares the shit out of me with that thing. So he's got this big, like, glass pack, whatever you call him, on his truck. You know, Uh it's like a Chevy. He repainted himself. And he has an automatic car starter so he can warm it up in the morning. But I swear, he sits there and waits for you to, like, be standing right next to it. And he fires that thing up. He's a nice guy. That's that's a pretty nice truck, too. He's awfully neighborly. He's one of those guys. Okay, now I'm here. For some reason, I thought it was coming from that direction. Yeah. It's a pretty big... uh, (laughs) Pretty big muffler he's got in there. Seriously. Mm-hmm. That's Steve. So Steve was always just be like, he's the kind of neighbor. He's, it's almost like out of a fucking movie because he'll be like, well, I noticed, noticed you had a package on your front porch there. If you ever need me to just take it inside to be safe. And then I'll be like, well, why didn't you just grab it if you were worried about it? He's like, well, I didn't want to impose. And you're like, well, what are you really trying to get at? I'm just like, what are we talking about? He's like, just trying to be neighborly. Like, and he, oh, he'll always say that. Right. And then walk away. And he's always giving you advice, but never doing anything to help you. He's just like, right. you know, like, I would. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Like, a, a car pulled up with a rack on the top and caught the basketball hoop. So it hooked the bike rack because it was like a, a lifted sprinter. Uh hooks the basketball net and starts tipping it over. Now the whole base is filled with like water and to, to weigh it down. So I run out and grab it and I'm trying to like lean on it to get the weight of the base like lever leveraged and also unhook it from the rack because it's going to like scrape the whole side of the car, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was actually Nick Gibson from Modus. It was his uh, sprinter or their uh, the Gibson sprinter and Jesse was driving it. So I was like, oh no, I'm trying to save it. Steve comes out, he's like, if you just lean back a little bit, you get a little better leverage. I'm like, fuck off, Steve. He's like, just trying to be neighborly. He walks back in. Like, I'm like, run over here and help me. Just Jesus. trying to be neighborly. I'm like, thanks. Thanks for doing nothing, Steve. Uh, he's never going to listen to this podcast, so I don't have to worry. Right. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> oh, man. I heard this thing on the internet radio. I, th- I think you were talking about me. He's like, the thing is, my name's Carl. Uh, so Bermstyle's got a new website up. Congratulations about that. Yeah, thanks. We can jump around too. I'm not going to keep it like on a uh, no problem. Yeah, I go. For, I'm going to go in and out. It's been one of those days. Yeah, well, I'm just psyched. It's finally a mobile friendly website. It's yeah, super. Awesome. Are you really excited about it? I am. It looks really good. A lot of efforts gone into that one, and then of course, a shout out to my buddy Adam Labarge who did all the development stuff for me this time around. Cool. Super nice having being able to just focus on how I want the website to look and work mm-hmm. as opposed to designing something based on what I can code myself. Now, I have a question for you. You're like berm style. To me, you're doing everything a business would do. Like if you are a retailer or a wholesaler or like an online, there's let's just say there's businesses in Portland that try to have their site look just like this. And it's just like super interesting to me is that you're explain it to people who don't, who wouldn't get how, what you're doing, like making it 
Right. Well, you know, so reviewing yeah. stuff, you're getting product, you're reviewing, but everything yeah, on here a, is like tons of information on all the things. It's a gear enthusiast site, and I'm writing content that I would want to read. Yeah. And especially with like soft goods, if you buy mountain bike clothing or cycling clothing, mm-hmm. most of the time you go to the bike shops and there's just not a very good selection in all the stuff you see in the online and in the magazines. You're never going to see it in person. Right. And of course, every bike shop will say, oh, I can order it for you, but. You, you still just, don't know. You, and plus, if you want, you can just get the next day if you order online. Yeah. So there's that. Um, but yeah, uh, having worked in the soft goods apparel industry, I know how a lot of stuff fits, and I have a lot more apparel knowledge than the average Joe at this point. So yeah, I just wanted to make a website that was kind of aimed at people like myself. Yeah. And you know, we've even taken, with the new site design, we're taking a new focus on you know, getting more people excited and stoked on the sport and um, and start building out additional resources. What I like is when you get stuff that I would never care about, you know, like there's a lot of things I'm only interested in a few things that I need, but then I would like, we'll check out what you're doing. I'm like, Oh, what what happened today? Like, what's he doing? I'll be like, I'm never going to need that, but that's the, those things I get into. Cause I'm like, what is that thing? You know, that's awesome. That's That's what I love to hear. Yeah. It's so great. Because it just gives you like extra reading because I'm, I'm not researching it. And what, I, what it's great too is you see this stuff. You, it's tangible. You get the, you're feeling it, riding it, testing it. And there's nothing better than um, like say you walk into the shop and the, the kid's never uh, like worn what, he's, what you're selling. You know, guy comes in, he's like, hey, how are these? Place your brand name in there. How does that feel? And to say like, oh, I've never ridden it is one thing. Another thing is the guy gets to feel it. So then as a consumer, you really get to like feel it and see if you want it or not. Like that's, that's huge. But if you've never really used it or what makes a good sales, a floor sales guy is just, even if he's lying, right. which is hard to be like, I have one. I, I fucking love that thing. And they're like, really? I'm like, Oh, I love it. Oh. And it is a cold out lie to be a good, like people sell you like doing that same shit. You're like, I have it. I love it. Unless you really do have it and love it. Yeah. That's a different thing. You know, what's funny as sometimes I have a really hard time saying I love something. Even if I love something, it's really? really weird. Like I feel like I'm cheating or something. I'm like, Oh, I shouldn't say that. I should give a little more <laughs> honest and in depth opinion right. on it. Try to under undersell it. Right. No, it looks really good. I really am staked, staked, excited and stoked for you. Thanks. I mean, I pretty much just write about stuff we're interested in. I mean, there's not really enough time to write about the other stuff because I do have a day job or am in the middle of getting another day job. Most of the site just makes, most of the site acts as a a lead in We're mountain bike coaches as well. So just getting more people stoked on bikes is is pretty much our mission statement, I would say. It's not our mission statement, but maybe it should be. You can make it there. Yeah. It's official now. We're going to get you stoked on bikes. <laughs> How much is... Uh, you, you worked for Imba for a little bit. Yep. Um, that had to play into a huge part of, well, you're riding trails, maintaining trails, just tr- trails in general. Yeah, um, I feel that bike clubs and bike advocacy groups don't really get do a very good job of explaining to people what they've been doing, what they've done. Uh-huh. Like it's weird because you think they take more credit for the work they've done. Like people don't know the guy who built the Sandy Ridge trail, for example, that's not really something that's common knowledge. I mean, do you know who built the Sandy Ridge trail? George Washington. 
See, there you go. Like, that would be my first guess. Like, uh, the bike club at BLM and IMBA. And you're like, okay, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But like, it's fun because we travel and ride a lot of flow trails and we've ridden quite a few all over the West Coast. Uh-huh. That was kind of, that's kind of our mission. That's our other mission is to go ride the dope shit. And um, that's, in fact, that's why we moved here because we're going to buy a, a, a sprinter style van and right. build that sucker out into a stealth camper so we can yeah, you have to. do more road trips because that's all we want to do. We want to ride our bikes and ride our laptops after we get done. Good Wi-Fi hotspot on that bitch. Exactly. Refrigerator. We've got to have a fridge. Shower. You've you. We're gonna do the solar shower and keep the space a little more livable. Yeah. Have you? You've got. You've had to have checked out the outdoorvan.com, right? The guys that are over in Troutdale. Actually, I've been meaning to reach out to those guys. I want to do a little article and post on what they do because they do some awesome work. Holy shit! That's I wish like I could afford van. it. I probably have to do all mine myself. <clears throat> well, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I was. I was like had had that i was like i'm gonna f- sprinter and i'm like yeah i'm gonna build it out just like that and i right. was just like two hundred and twenty-five thousand. i was like jesus like, it's so nice though i mean that you're that it's, it's almost like do you just buy that instead of a house it's like well do i just make payments on this sprinter that's van and actually and like live I, on it that's pretty much what we were thinking about doing yeah because you know enough people too to like park that thing and just run an extension cord if you need to and just be like hey i'll pay 50 bucks for power like good sam style well you know what's funny is yeah, you should talk to those guys. Those guys would be... Oh, I'm definitely going to. Yeah. They make some awesome stuff. I mean... And pairing months, it with, like, berm style is, like, the perfect... Totally. Even if it's just like, hey, go check one out. Let me go test... You know, like, let me take one out and see if I like it. Yeah, I just figured I'd tell them, hey, let me know when you build out a new one that yeah. is bike-friendly because I want to document that stuff. What do you mean you haven't heard of Puck Fortland? Jesus, guys. Yeah, seriously. It's <laughs> like, what? You haven't even heard of... Let me just give me the keys. Come on, we're going to take it. Exactly. We'll be back. Jesus, look it up. Go look up Pug Fortland. It's on the internet. It's real. It's on there. Here, I'll tweet it to you. Yeah, those things are awesome. And now they have like the 4x4. Four four. Well, that's the dream one, right? Right. That's the, yeah, well, you'd have to. If you got the extra cash, that's the one you're going for. Mm-hmm. And then building that, that fucker out. Actually, you know what's funny is a friend of mine just got a Sprinter van customized by them. I pretty much hate them now. Right, Matt, you suck. I'm going to send you the link guy. to this article so you can hear hear me say that. Yeah, you're probably listening in the van right now, yeah. making grilled cheese and blending up uh, goji oh, berry. Kidding, you oh, damn it. Yeah. We should be in there. Pick us up. You saw the? Did you listen to the Dan Powell um, podcast, the episode of Puck Fortland with Dan Powell in from in his van? I'm the look on your face is I telling me you haven't. I'm in the van. Do I remember that? I'm trying to remember if it's that one. I'll send it to you. Yeah, that was really uh, Deep Howe got a like an Econo line, like work van, Ford. Oh, uh, uh, you know what? I'm thinking of uh, Sponsel's video, actually. There's a different van. Oh. Yeah, this is just the podcast I did, my the Puck Fortland thing with him. It was pretty fun, though. We just sat in there. It was so echoey, but it was rad because it was right on the street, so cars drive by, right? and we're just hanging out drinking beers and super super organic just talk i can't even remember what we talked about i gotta go back and listen to it it's pretty interesting going back and listening to these conversations like storing them up over you know over the next year is gonna be great to go back this time next year and be like oh i'm gonna listen to that berm style yeah you know actually i'm i have another i get, i seem to like do these personal projects i'm not really sure why i do them i think i do them because <laughs> i used to paint and this is my new outlet uh-huh. so instead of painting pictures i'm making little creative projects berm style obviously painting one of those. life 
Yeah, or documenting it. You're kind of documenting conversations with people, you know. Right. And so, like, my next project is I'm going to be hitting up people, like, people at the outside van and just because I think they're doing some awesome shit. And then I'm going to be hitting up all the frame builders around here because, you know, I, I, I took some really fun photos of our friend Fred, who's a frame builder. Wolfhound Cycles. Wolfhoundcycles.com. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Fred. Big 29er guy. He's been for a long time. Yep. Making 29ers like custom. So. Which is still the ultimate bike in in my opinion. It's a good Portland bike. If you're going to have one bike. Yeah. Like especially if you're pedaling to get around. I ride my 29er hardtail around all the time. It just has really long chain stays. So it's got to go. <laughs> How going, is Fred doing? It's going for sale this spring. <laughs> Check Craigslist. They make you a very good deal. There's that Portland accent. Uh, what, so what are you going to do with the frame builders? What's your story? Uh, so I want to do portraits of them and their spaces. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of a cool portraits of people. I like to document working. Mm-hmm. We've got some really cool portraits of Fred. I'd like to update that because his hairstyle is very different. Because I don't think there's hair. I forget. <laughs> I live with Fred Dog, which was... Just a That's shout right. out to Fred you Dog. totally did. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's awesome. Fred didn't even charge me rent. I lived rent free with Fred, and he would just be like, just get buy food. And like, basically, all we did was we went to the, um, I want to say Cold Stone, but he it's not. He was kind of the Standing Stone. Like the every Standing day. Stone. We went there every day. Fred's got some crazy dietary habits. We did the same thing every day. When I moved up here to Portland, I was like 215 pounds. Oh, <laughs> wow. I was so pushing my, like, that's the heaviest I've been. It was terrible. Get back on the bike. Yeah. My friend Dylan was calling me James Gandalfetti. And I was getting so pissed. I was like, fuck you, dude. That's not, I was like, that's so funny, but fuck off. And he was like, what is your problem? Ride bikes. He's like, why aren't you riding? And then I just, all I did was ride like three months and I, I lost like 40 pounds. Nice. Where you're just like, oh yeah, it's just stop eating. I was Mud pies, my butt off until this, personal yeah. pizza. We, we, well, we, we would start with an oatmeal stout. What? Okay. And then get a personal pan pizza. Just kind the, of a meal right there. Right there. So we, each of us would get like a 12 inch, like awesome. And then we would get mud pie dessert and then have like stouts the whole time. And then at the end, he'd be like, Fred would go sophisticated, like he's sophisticated at all. He's like, I'm thinking I'm gonna go with like a cognac or something, and then you just be like, All right, let's do it. And then we just drive home and be like, Well, Fred, he'd be like, Ed Dog, hitting the hay. And be like, Come on, Katie. And then we'd just go upstairs, and I'd be like, All right, like living with Fred. Yeah, that sounds That's about right. Awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, I mean, he got me super stoked. I still have a on my uh, bike pump. You bought something from Salsa. And you're the first thing you did. You were like, ah, I'm taking that fucking sticker off. That's and you, right. The you labels. Like, you put it on my pump. It's every. It's I still that, there. That pump still works, which is great. I should look at those stickers because I can't remember what rims I'm running. I never wrote it down. Oh, yeah. I'll take a picture on my cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. So, I would like to see you talk to. And this was what's awesome that you're going to be talking to all these people. Because I would like to like piggyback or just be like, hey, and if you want to, like, who's available to do like a podcast? You and should. just be like, hey, let's talk to you these should. people too. We can talk to them. I'll run some video. Yeah. And we can do a audio and a video version. Yeah. And just be like, hey, what are you doing? Keep we, the conversation we would, going. We would have all the media is covered. Yeah. 
we'd have some photos. There's so many interesting frame builders too, which is amazing about this area. Is it like this everywhere? Like, say you have like Cincinnati, New York, St. Louis. Pretty heavy in frame builders. So huh? many people up here doing bikes. I only have a couple friends in the Bay Area that that build bikes. Right. But who are the big frame builders? Like, who can you name across the country? Like, just say U.S. I know. Well, you can go Hunter. Yep. Right. The CSIP guys. CSIP guys. They're Bay Area. Um, who do you have on the East Coast? Remember the Tie Cycles guys? There's t- yeah. well, they're here. Tie Cycles is Ty- here. And then there's Steelman. Right. Actually, I just took photos of a Tie Cycles. Uh, the Waypoint. Independent. That's who I was thinking. Okay. They're out on the East Coast. Yeah. That's what would interest me is like seeing what the scene. I mean, I feel like I know it, but I really don't. I don't live there, so I don't know what. I mean, bikes is our bikes, our bikes. Yeah, you know, it's true. But it's just different people, different styles, different terrain. You know. Yeah, it's funny how bikes can be so different, even though they're basically the same wheels. Right. Same Whatever happened to your? Uh, do you talk about I hate bikes at all? Not really. It's still. I mean, it basically just got rebranded as Berm style. Yeah. All the yeah. content's still there. Yeah. I hate bikes was, <laughs> I love that name. I was always just like, I hate bikes too. And I'd still yeah. be there on there every day. Like I fucking hate bikes. Yeah. I was definitely a product of the bike shop world. Yeah. I mean, I think our first, we did a zine. It lasted one issue. <laughs> it's collectors called no, what was it called? No tools alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. It was really bad, but it was okay. No, it was kind of cool. What's great to see, though, is, like, that's the building block or, like, when you put time in, like, you you have with something where you've, it's, it keeps developing and shaping and, like, reforming. Yeah. It's the same thing. You can rebrand it or, and you almost have to rebrand stuff or rename things or give your own personal, like, fresh, you know, spring clean your shit and be like, all right, I'm going to change my. It's true. I was thinking about changing my name, too. You're, you're Jason Van Horn? Well, at least my writing name because I look at the stuff I used to write and I'm like, man, I was a really bad writer and now i'm a slightly better writer <laughs> what name would you make uh my alter ego i suppose i'm not sure i want to like let that out jay sanchez you can definitely go something mexican <laughs> somebody like that guy that mexican guy you're like oh i, I thought he was yeah jay sanchez yeah i have to see that's the problem if i was gonna do a new pen name you no, you can't be, tell me he'd be a total asshole but he would call it how it was and i'd be able to talk all the shit i wanted right. to without it coming back right so obviously you can't tell us what yeah. it is because the bike industry man they they hold grudges well i would too i would too yeah but like uh like for example i was talking to this marketing guy at a bike shootout for this european bike magazine and um i asked him a really basic question about his company's brakes he got really upset with me and i was like oh what did i say it's <laughs> like i just wanted to know how to fix them and apparently you can't fix them apparently they throw them all away if you send in for a warranty or they did but now they don't right and i'm like what the fuck am i gonna do with these four pairs of brakes lying in my toolbox because you can't fix them you used to be able to fix them they don't offer spare parts how weird is that they make well they just made a new brake, and bike magazine said it's like the greatest brake. yeah and can't fix the old ones i don't know he said bleed them i'm like i already tried that What I've found in the bike industry <laughs> is that sometimes you just are like, you do something and you're like, and then you find out that you're like, well, fuck, 
that thing's not going to work. Like, stop making that thing. It's eventually going to be more problems than it is. Let's remake it. Yeah. And then you, at a certain point, you've already sold. You try to sell everyone you have because you ca- you have to. You already made them, so you don't tell anybody. Well, until they had to recall late. their last ones, <laughs> right? And it's then like, you have a couple spare parts, and then they're like, "Yeah, we're just not gonna." You like, what sucks is if someone like that guy wasn't getting mad at you. He was just mad at the fact that he this breaks. Don't you know? There's nothing yeah. you can do. He's I mean, like, for I'd his like position, he's you. like, "Why are you asking me that? I know they suck. You know they suck. Just get on, move on." Right, right. Like, You're like that's not the point. And like, they worked. Relax. They were good. Yeah. I just want to fix them. Yeah. Like I don't want to throw them away. Yeah, we we know you got you didn't get paid for overtime. We get it. Don't get upset. Just tell us why. Yeah, but yeah, I had. I like how we're not naming names. Either. Yeah, really I can't. I'm not gonna do that. No, like it'll come back to me. I, well, yeah, like, well, you, but somebody will hear it. Yeah, and it's that's not really what's about anyway. It's I mean, just I've gotten like, yelled at at several bike job company jobs where I'm like, you criticize this product. I'm like, well, I, it wasn't that good. <laughs> Oh really? Like people go to that extent and be like, come up and say they because they're they read something from I hate bikes or Burn well, Style. And it was like, as I was working for a company, I had a partnership with them at that time. But I'm like, I don't know. It's but like, the fact that they knew who you were, you know what I mean? That's sort of like you got to write that stuff down. Is like you're like, oh my, like uh, a customer acquisition to be like, how did I get this guy? And he right. still came up. Or I'm like, okay, so my dynamic is yeah. at least you have one probably a tenth for every one person you meet that's different there's like another ten just like them yeah I mean I'm kind of getting to the point where I might just write what I yeah. take all the way like it's funny when you read bike magazine or reviews and online reviews they're they're always telling the truth I, I now that I see what I have to do it too because you have to be really careful because people get hella pissed yeah and that's just how it is and it always comes back to bite you in the face so this is funny because I read this in other people's stuff. They'll write all about it and give you all the information, but they won't make really judgment. But there'll be like one paragraph or one sentence where like the truth is there. It's just kind of polished over. Yep. And it doesn't do this well. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like this one sentence that just like totally invalidates everything else. Right. And I've done that a number of times. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is the company still retweeted the post. So it was like, oh. That was it. I expressed truth in a way that was neutral enough. That's the key. That's definitely, that's the gig. Right. You know? Like. And also making stuff uh, not look or sound contrived either. Or almost if you're not telling as close as the truth as you can, then if you're blowing it up by being like this, blah, blah, people see right through that and are like, that dude just like. You know, where it's if every single thing was great and you're totally. like, well, it, you know, that can be the case and you're getting all great shit, but you got to almost we generally, have. we generally write about, or I write about stuff I, I'm interested in and I like. Yeah. So there's always that, but there's always something you think that should be better. You're like, right. how did that make it through the first iteration? And that's how things grow and move it forward anyway. Like, look at what's happened with, yeah, like we used to ride, I had a Barracuda. Oh, man. With a Manitou. <laughs> yeah. And that was the bike, like. I was like 15, got that thing, you know, had a Manitou fork, and was, everybody was like, what is that? I'm the like, it's crazy. I was like, I got yellow elastomers and red elastomers. And they're like, for, for still, you know, for, and I was like, I I'm going to run 50 50. I took the whole thing apart, probably broke it. Yeah. You know, it like slapped like, sh- like for a little bit until an older guy that I rode with was like, let me see that thing and like fixed it, you know. But coming to like, we were just talking about and looking at like, uh, 
those the Norcos I was interested in because they're just like you know Norco is a company. Norco has some really appealing offerings at really competitive pricing. I'm like, how the hell are they getting that price? I know that's what interests me is like, how does it ride? Like, yeah, I've ridden enough bikes to be like, how's that thing ride? It's if it's solid enough or just feels good, be like, yeah, I'd, I'd buy it. Well, I don't have a road bike, so I was kind of looking at their adventure oh, yeah. travel bikes. Mm-hmm. They got like a carbon bike with Tegra for like twenty six hundred bucks. Hmm. Like what? Carbon? Hmm. How's that? Wait. Most people sell their carbon bikes for that much. Right. No, wait. They sell their frames for that much. This is a complete bike with Ultegra and disc brakes. Yeah. That's pretty ass. That's pretty pretty badass. Yeah. So when you guys bring one of those in, I'll have to come down and check it out. Yeah. They're really cool. That's the nice thing about seeing all those bikes getting built up. Like when they come in, you can like see which one's in the rack and when someone's, you know, it's in the stand and gets built. At least for me, because I, I, I did that for a little while. Totally. And assembled bikes and mechanic wrenched, and now it's super nice to see it in the stand and then just wait until like even the, the like. And this is the one thing I fucking hated, and I get why it happens, and I almost do it on purpose because now I feel like I'm like, well, I've earned the right to just be like, because I would as a builder would turn and be like, run the di two cable, like run all like the electric stuff. Right. face and chase everything ream set like torque everything get it down That's right i used to do that too and then i turn around to go clean my bench to like and then turn around to like check out my baby that i just built and some bro would be like out of the stand and be like yo and like <laughs> on the bouncing on it and then wheeling and being like i'd be like get off the fucking bike like <laughs> who said it's done like i haven't checked it off and they're like i saw you finish it i was yeah. like you should don't touch it so now that's, that's me. I'd come over and I'm immediately like, I do the Nathan Riddle, I call it. Yeah. Nathan would always be like, huh, like come over to other people's bikes and just start compressing the front fork, rolling down the, like, the compression marker, the rubber band. Yeah. And then uh, pushing on it. And then people would be looking at him like, why is that guy fucking with my bike? That's you know, we'd be like at Mount Ashland or Talent. Yeah. And then he'd start dialing stuff in, like getting the rebound, like going underneath. And dudes start, would be like, hey, what are you doing? I'm oh, making it better. And then they'd come over and be like, uh, you all right, man? Like almost getting mad at Nathan in this one particular instance. And he, he just smiled and handed it to him. And they were like, oh, damn. Like they were like, <laughs> how did you know? He's like, I work at UVI. Yeah. And they'd be like, I've been riding it like a pogo stick this whole time. He's like, try it out. He's like, oh, shave six seconds off your downhill. Yeah. yeah. Nathan has a ridiculous amount of product information. Oh, my God. That guy's a savant. Like uh, I think I did their Super Deer Enduro a few years back down there. And I called Nathan up and I was like, dude, what tires should I run? And like, he was just like, okay, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> he just like managed to just drop all this information. I'm like, huh, mm-hmm. okay. I don't have any of those tires. I might have to buy some. I'd watch him uh, use a little razor blade and cut the corners off. Yeah. Spend all day. There'd be little tiny piles and he'd sweep them up like a beautiful mine. I, t- I feel I've always th- said in my head that he's the Trey Anastasio of the bike industry like the guitarist from fish you know he's just like so super right there talented like and they look almost identical not really but in in my bizarre world yeah no i actually really want to try a signature tires i still haven't given those a shot nope Yeah, I really appreciate you coming by, man. So tell me what else is going on. You, you were talking about some side projects a little bit. Do you want to allude to any of that stuff? Or, I mean, just 
Let's face it. No one's going to... Nobody really listens to this fucking podcast. Um, so feel free to just say whatever it is. Yeah. Um, well, the first one is we're kind of relaunching our coaching program up here. Oh, yeah. At Bike Skills. There you go. Warm yourself up. I can't reach. So tell me how that works. Like, you're going to be like a yoga teacher for... Not really. It's more of a, a mix. I mean, we kind of just gather a small group of people who want to learn how to ride their bikes better. And, right. I mean, I've been coaching with them for about five years now. And, and who is this? Who are these people? This is the, the, the company you work with or the uh, yeah. the clientele? I don't know. What's more interesting to talk about? Yeah. Well, the clientele, probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, most people who come to us usually they've got a pretty decent bike and uh, they have no idea how to ride it. They've never had friends that rode or mm-hmm. they have friends that ride and they can't keep up with them. A lot of times it's right after they've had a really bad crash. They're like, fuck, I actually probably should learn how to ride a bicycle. Yeah. It's smart. And if you look at like having a motorcycle license, you almost could run some sort of like government play where you're like, well, you need to get a, a mountain bike permit and like take like a class to get like a mountain bike we probably have a lot less people hitting the ground regularly. Oh, they really would. Because it's hard. Like, even if you're experienced, you go out there and you are a little lazy even or just Yeah. All, you're all done. Us, even if you have good form, when you get lazy and tired, you're once done. your form goes and you start making sloppy mistakes. You but those are the stiff. kind of things you need to teach. Like, that's sort of like you learn that the hard way. You're like, oh, yeah, and when you get tired, you're going to go down. Right. You need to be teaching, like, so as soon as you feel this, like, twinge in your shoulders or your, like, arms are starting to go, like, getting weak, don't. Here's how I crash. Sorry, I keep. I'm so excited. Yeah. Here I act like I hate bikes. I'm like, so it, for one time, what I do when my arms get tired is I sit on the seat and then I just pinch the seat, the nose of the seat, and I end up being like super loose in my arms. Yep. And I get caught. Uh, as long as you don't hit any bumps, you're okay. Oh, that's the thing. I'll hit uh, either because my weight's so shifted. God forbid you like nick a tree where if you're up. And at least you graze the tree when you were in the right position. You can sort of like push through or save it. But when you're like leaning back and just like on the seat and you, the handlebar hits something, yeah, that's, a bump or rock. That's kind of the worst case scenario. Because that's when you stop riding. Like you're, slow so, down and rest. you're so not going to be able to control your bike if anything really happens. You hit a patch of gravel or you go around a corner. Forget anything. it. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, that's the cool thing. I actually went and. So I've been coaching for a long time, but this year I actually went and got certified through one of the only two um, organizations that do that sort of thing. So I'm certified coach through the Professional Mountain Bikers Instructors Association. Uh And their methodology really isn't that much from what we were doing before, but the big thing is when you're coaching, they get you on the bike right away. Like you do your spiel, you show your little static display, you show everybody how to do it. You show them on the bike. But the idea is that in two minutes they're on their bike and trying it. Everybody yeah. does it. They do a cycle. And then we stop. We talk about it. I check out their feelings. I'm like, how did that feel? I feel okay. We're at your head. You look confident. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then you're like, then you offer the, you know, try dropping your heels more, lowering your hips. You give them whatever kind of feedback. And then we kind of talk about some more. And, you know, you break it down, everything, every technique, you break down a little bits and pieces that Mm -hmm. are bite sized. Have them try it. And then you, once everybody gets that, you build on that. And it's kind of a stop, repeat, and listen. Yeah. I love, um, although we haven't ridden in a long time, and we got to ride more when, uh, I was living with your brother, and we were down Ashland and riding. But what I love about uh, your style and Isaac's style is um, 
how you exp- like explain how to those do like drop your heels like just these little tips you're like this is how i feel get a little bit more loose you know or explain it technically so you can sort of apply it to how you're riding yeah. but isaac taught me how to manual and was just like i could barely ride a wheelie and then he was like come on i'm gonna go manual practice and i'm like i don't want to and he'd be like come on and you like have no choice so i'm trying to get younger to do if she came out and Isaac could be like a re- like the yogi of manual and just be like I'll teach you like he can do a resort in Maui swim with the dolphins yeah well who taught him older brother he's the first person who's learned it faster than anybody it's wait are you like, younger brother or older brother I'm older That's I call him the big brother though because he's got kids already and he looks way older <laughs> <laughs> So you taught Isaac. That's what's great. Yeah. No, I mean, it I, makes sense. I kind of learned it from my roommate, but he didn't really explain it in a way. So I had to kind of figure it all out. Right. Isaac was just like, drop your hips. He was just like, no, he was like, squat back. And I like, I, I, and plus what's nice is I was right next to him. So I could, we were cruising down, yeah. down that hill, going down to the bike park. Well, Isaac's also taught snowboarding for years so yeah he's he a takes instructor. instruction well and right. he gives it well so it goes both ways like he's giving me tons of snowboarding tips yeah. just like a little thing he's like hey man do you mind if i tell you something because he knows if he like just tells me to do something be like fuck you i'm not doing that right yeah he worked with those kids for so many years at ski mountain yeah. it's like isaac yeah like last time i gave him some like i saw some stuff i'm like oh you should do this this way i'm like i didn't just say that because he'd be like Bruh. I knew it. I knew this podcast was going to turn into Isaac. I was trying to, I have it in my notes. I'm like, don't talk about Isaac. Well, it's more about how we communicate. It's just like, <laughs> hey, so I noticed something. Are you interested in some feedback? You kind of got to do yeah. the precursor. And like, that's just, you kind of like, hey, I'm going to give yeah. you some feedback. If not, and you're like, okay, never mind. It's cool. Yeah. Snowboarding, uh, mountain biking, uh, and manualing. Manualing was more like, uh, Manualing is like, like the coolest a, thing you could do on a bike, though. And that guy would just make so me fun. like do it. He's like, you're gonna, he's like, you're gonna get it. Well, and he eventually showed me. But yeah. I've done stuff just through his coaching, like riding, and then gone up snowboarding. I think I have more at snowboarding because mountain biking, I'm a little bit more. I feel like I'm gonna eat shit, you know. Yeah. Well, there's actually a lot of similarities. I mean, with snowboarding, if you're like one thing I have to do is always force myself to have my center of gravity lower, yep. lower that center of mass. That's yeah. totally the same principle on a bicycle. It's just you don't think about it because the muscle memory is totally different. Yeah, I really enjoy following. Like that's how I learned the most is being like he's like we're gonna do this thing. Yeah, just follow me and try to hit his exact lines. Right, and I would do way bigger stuff and be like I would never have even tried it. He's like you gotta you gotta do it. Like you just have to keep the speed. And then you're just like, and then the way he explained it, like, then you're just like, bloop, bloop. And it's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And snowboarding too, he just boost off somewhere. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to, I'll take the fucking kiddie path. Yeah. That sounds time, super fun. Now, are you just going to do that? Or are you just going to be, is Ingen <laughs> want to be involved in that as well? Um, no, she always is involved. She actually helps out a lot with the marketing and yeah, other stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, for, otherwise, I'm doing everything and. It's like we have a lot of redundant skill sets. Well, you guys so. both do so many things. It's like, how are you, how are you guys going to have, like, you're well, just adding more stuff. Yeah, we just kind of be like, what do you want to do? I'm gonna you should have won that Powerball. I know. Dude. Brimstone will be blowing up. As soon as we got back from our big, no, actually, I would actually just hire some people as my Well, you just get, a, all you'd have to do is just get a van. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can just do all the things that you're like, oh, now I can just be at that van and like, okay, here we go. Yeah. It's, we're already doing it. Let's just go now. Totally. You know, oh, you can't get me that. I mean, with that much money, for you, I would disappear. I would be like, who do I know who's a videographer who wants to travel around with us? 
it'd be like we're just gonna start UTV, YouTube TV show. I would just. Dis- I think I would disappear. I think I would ride my bike all over the place and then make really cool videos about it. I tweet the f- most fucked up shit from all over the world, like really <laughs> weird shit. And just be like, now. Actually, maybe I, yeah, maybe. Because that's so much money. Like you wouldn't have you wouldn't have to worry about. I don't want to get started on I'm this I'm kind of either. frugal, so it would probably take at least a year or three for me to let my, my hair down a little bit and be, like, a little frivolous. Right. That would be tough. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It would be, it'd be sick. You'd say that now, but I already know. I'd go be like, let's go buy a plane. Well, I, I would just be, like, <laughs> calling everybody I know. I'd be like, uh, I just bought the, a fucking plane. I'm going to call the boys at Santa Cruz. I'm going to order oh, yeah. this. I gotta order up a couple of downhill bikes for each of our homes. We're wouldn't, gonna it, buy. wouldn't it be awesome? I mean, that the stuff that's crazy and like you would you know buy all that stuff, but it would be so amazing to feel how relaxed like having that kind of flow would be because then you can just go down the Santa Cruz and just oh shit, you can just hang out and yeah. just be like there until you're like moving on and be like oh I'm gonna go down here. What can I do? Yeah. So know, the projects you're in are already funded. That's the ultimate. Like I feel like ideally for you if there was a lot more fun like if freedom financially you would be able to just be like make this information happen yeah i mean that's the be, case that's be, the case that'd be super badass yeah and i don't think i'd really change what i do i would just oh. keep doing the stuff i do i just do it way bigger because like i mean that's kind of what i that's kind of why i do what i do now i just kind of thought well if i win the lottery what would i do well let's just try to do it anyway well that's we the best pay, way to live yeah bills. I'm happy for you that that's what you do. I feel like that's why we're always crossing each other's paths also. like, Well, you know what's funny? Is six months ago, it could have gone a very different direction. I was trying to get a job with bike magazines, and I finally got the job offer I was looking for for years and uh, ended up having to turn it down, which was a huge bummer. Was it because where it's located? Yeah, Inga didn't want to go, and I didn't want to go without her. Yeah. That's a big move. It's a it takes a lot of like a lot of good f- insight to make a call like that. Yeah, it's a tough one, and the problem is the cost of living is just so lousy in the LA area. That's where all the bike magazines are, so that's where you have to be. But I was actually also considering buying a van and then just like paying for it on right. a gym membership and just living outside of the van. Yeah, LA. That's probably so many people do that. Yeah. That's a podcast in itself, just L.A. van people. Well, the bike magazines are all based in this industrial area. You can basically park by the bike, like the magazine office full-time. Yeah. And if you're not there, you're at a trailhead. And that, that's your job out of the time, you're, to ride your bike and then take notes. And right. Doing Berm show. Style and then looking at publications like that, and not to like single out any of them out, though, but like, what do you think... How do you think the industry is going to shift to like more independent people doing? I see it going that way, where more of a direction of what you're doing. That's why I really like what you do, is because of its it's less polarized because the magazines sort of have that. It's a I don't know. Help me out here. Usually people jump in at this point and like I know what you're talking about. Well. Like yeah. do you see, do you think there's still going to be those bigger publications? Like, all, I'm going to cut this whole question. part of the podcast. Out. I mean, <laughs> you know, the bike magazines just don't pay that much. I was surprised I was able to negotiate. Right. Well, how, that's what the I was same thing. Yeah. And it was a it was probably a livable wage, but 
I was also going to be helping them out with their email marketing and right. website presence. That was kind of part of the thing besides being an assistant editor. I was going to be helping with uh, any of that stuff because I've done yep. it before. Right. And so instead I put the effort in a firm style. That's the best. That's the call. Yeah. That's definitely the call. You're getting paid the same. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. You know? That's kind of like the same when working at Emba. I'm like, I'm kind of paying you to work for you. I make so little. Right. Where does the money go? Because money's somewhere. Yeah. Well, they say this the bike industry doesn't make any money, so there's that. That's a lie. Don't. That's. A, no, well, that's true. No, I mean it's true, but somebody's people, rich. There are people making money. It's true. Enough. I mean, enough to like have a home in Copper Canyon, New Mexico, or something. Yeah. So they can bail. That's enough. That's, don't need that much pretty place yeah it's out there fortunately or i feel fortunate to be um you know not only being able to do this podcast but my my nine to five is fucking amazing like every day i'm doing stuff that i'm learning every day you know get to work with awesome people get to work around awesome people and that's when you can go and like do the stuff you like and be like well i need to get away you know going to work sort of helps me get away when yeah. I'm just like, okay, this is like, sorry, I have to work. And it's nice to be able to like explain that to the rest of the world. Be like, no, I got to go. I got my job. But then I'm not just sitting somewhere where I'm definitely hating it. Cause I've had jobs that fucking sucked. Wash dishes and shit. When I, you know, like painting, that, job. that job does suck. Painting houses, framing houses. I did. Huh. I have done that. You'd have to like poop in the basement, like before the basement was finished. You know, oh, I mean, people like all the construction guys and painters and carpenters like there's just have, crap at the bottom of the have, house. have pooped in your like in the rocks and your and then they just pour it over with concrete and there's just like <laughs> tons of turds and you live there and you're like oh our home sweet home and there's just like well, demons. It's probably yeah. Well, at least <laughs> at least your foundation will have a grow a nice garden if you're pulling your house out. <laughs> it's just like oh these people had weird customs. <laughs> wait so there's actually pockets of poop in the concrete not in the concrete but they before they concrete it it's okay. like that shit they just have like broken up rock yeah like all well, decompose though right yeah it's covered with concrete so, but still it's the idea if you know yeah that you're like every time you bought fresh sheets from like walmart that somebody already like boned in them you're like oh like what do you mean? They were wrapped up and sold to me brand new. They're like, yeah, but right before we put them in the box. Well, that's somebody... why you're supposed to wash everything. Exactly. You're like, why is there pubes on my fucking new sheet? I just pulled out of the plastic. Yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> so we need to get, I need to get a mountain bike. This is what's you do. You I really do. do. Zach, my, how I've been getting fixed is, uh, Zach over at High Five. I have a, a limit list. I have a free tab on rentals if they're available. Nice. And he's got this rack that his buddy made him for his motorcycle. We both have the same moto that I can, he's like, borrow it whenever you're going. Cause he's now, he's got two babies. So he's super busy so I can get there and I can, you know, if you go riding or next time you go ride and well, I can't ride for a while until my fucking finger anyway, but I'm really excited cause it's so sweet. This little side rack mount a mountain bike on a motorcycle. And yeah. Like, then go crash. Yeah, actually. Well, that's my only concern. I'm from California. Share lanes. That could be bad. You'd definitely hit the bike. 
you'd like clip a car. I mean, it's bad enough. Have you, well, have you ever, do that have here you ever clipped a car with your knuckle or your, your mirror? No. That's Luckily. Pretty, that's pretty terrible when that happens. It's only happened a few times. You're like filtering up a lane or something. All of a sudden you're like, bam. You're like, oh, my mirror. And that mirror just happened to be the same height. Yeah. And you're like almost eating shit because like your mirror gets bang. You're swerving. You're like, oh, damn. What kind of motorcycle did you have? Uh, I had a KLR 650 oh, and yeah. a, uh, an SV650. What's the SV? Suzuki? Yeah. 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 So now if I get another bike, it'll probably be something like a DL650, which is their multi-sport version. Yeah. That'd be sick. Like four or six inches of travel or so. So fun. My motorcycles need to be able to ride downstairs. That's their prerequisite. Mm-hmm. So you can do some James Bond shit, just in case. Yeah. I tried to be sneaky, and there was some traffic over here in uh, North Portland coming home from work. And I took the sidewalk for like half a block and then I just made a right on the sidewalk and there's like a little dip and you can like catch some air. Yep. And sure enough, there's like Portland cop was like in traffic and he turned around, like turned and came like, he just like pulled right behind me and I just rode up to the stop sign and got way over. And then yep. he rolled up and like rolled his window down. He was just like, what was that? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that guy, I said, I was like, that guy forced me out back there. So I hopped on the sidewalk. Yeah, I served around yeah. someone who didn't see me. Apparently. Yeah, and then uh, I was on the sidewalk, and I know there's a sweet boost here, so I just took it, <laughs> and he was just like, all right, don't do that again, and drove off. He was just like, what was that? I was like, I just caught some air. Was right. Like, yeah. Or they just do their little thing where they flash the lights and kind of look at you sternly. Yeah. Like, got it. Thanks for the warning. I got tore up one night, and I, I rarely admit it, but I was turned up. Like, whiskey drinking. It was like 2 in the morning in Portland, summertime. Uh, I had bought from Jana's shop in Jacksonville a Surly steamroller. So I had the steamroller, fixed gear, you know. I was doing, I was living the Portland dream. <laughs> and I was up in Alberta crossing over the five, and a cop pulled off the highway and just came to the stop sign. And I was at the stop sign, and it was sort of my turn to go, you know, like if I was a car. And I just took off. Like I went track stand and then was like, <laughs> and just went as hard as I could. And the cop was like, <laughs> like turned his lights on and came charging. And then I, I tried to drop him. Yeah. So I made a right and then I made a left. And he was so, I got so tired. I, bur- I like blew up so quick. And I was like thinking that I was going to go like a movie, like get away from the cop. Yeah. And I just like slowed down. I did, I had a front brake. So I was running like, front brake style so I can stop and I just stopped and like sort of ghost rid the bike a, a couple feet down and just sat down and he <laughs> came flying up in the car put his light on me and got out and he was like the fuck are you doing and I was like well I saw you pull up and I just took off and he and like I was like you 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 bit the bait I was like I was he was like I swore you did something wrong in the way you took off he's like you were running and I was like, yeah, well, it was like an instinct. I was trying to get away from you. He's like, for what? And it was like, I just thought of seeing if I could. And he was just like, give me your license. <laughs> and then he was like, you know how big, he's like, I can write you like a $120 ticket. And I was like, sorry, officer. And then he was like, what are you going to do? I was like, I might chill here for a while. He's like, or he asked me first. He's like, you've been drinking? I was like, yeah, I'm wasted. I was like, wasted. He's like, Jesus Christ. He's like, nine eleven or whatever, you know, calling it in. Yeah. And then he just gave me a warning. And he was just like, get, he's like, get some lights. And I was like, thanks, dude. Yeah, Thank you, you got, officer. You got lucky. Thank you, officer. I was like, so I was really happy. Like, a lot of times if I'm in, like, a happy mode, you know, being complete, I was being completely honest. He's yeah. like, what were you doing? I was like, I thought I could do it. He's like, <laughs> are you drunk? I'm like, I'm wasted. He's like, Jesus Christ. That's probably on. why he let you go. Because he's like, that guy's cool. Yeah. He's a dipshit, but he's cool. Yeah, he's just drunk. Yeah. Get some lights. It was like, I was like, it's still light out. 
That was super fun, man. I've only ran from a cop once, and he actually didn't flap the flesh, uh, stick on the light, so like technically I don't think I was running. It was a, kind of a preemptive run. You know, like when you, like, you run a stoplight in front of a cop, you're like, oh, fuck. Don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> you just like, you realize you just ran a stoplight in front of a cop, you're like, must. You basically just like uncork it. You're like, <laughs> you're just cranking on the pedal. Like, <gasps> and you're like, one way street, let's go the wrong way. You hop on the sidewalk. You're right. Like, that's, how you, that's how you get away on the yeah. bike. And then you do another left and you do a right and you're like, Rrr. and then like at some point, like I saw some bushes and I like off the road and slid and like hid there. And I was just like, oh, I think I lost him. But then he like rolled by like 10 seconds later. Like, oh, he's still, he's just <laughs> watching you. He's like, what's this guy doing? He's on a fucking bike. Yeah. I don't think he saw me. I saw a sick video today of this guy in LA uh, running from the cops on a motorcycle. And it was like bigger guy and had this big ass jacket on, like big brown jacket. It was like a long, like Carhartt. Yeah. About an hour on the highway, then finally got into like some part of like LA. And uh, it was like a couple white guys, or the white, this was, it was a white dude. And pulls down the street, like gets to this house, lays the bike down, and throws the helmet. And he sort of like dives in between these like trees. Like there's a bunch of trees. And the whole time he knows the helicopter's up there. And then he comes, like an, another guy comes walking out. So it was almost immediate, like, he as soon as he went running, another like couple came walking out and then just like made a left and like crossed the street and the cops were all pulling up and then they sort of stood there and were like, Oh my god, like pointing, being like, What's going on? And then all the cops go running in and he just walks off and it was the dude. He like just threw the jacket off and grabbed like a chick that was just like vegging out back there. So he walked with this girl and she was like the whole time like didn't know what was happening. He yeah. just was like had her under the arm. Yeah. So sort of like took her hostage for a second, but she was like so fucking obviously on drugs or something. She's just like, mm. unless he, that was his house and it was like someone that was his friend, but he ends up just walking off and the cops all are like, where'd he go? And he was just like still standing on the other side of the street. Like, huh? Like, it wasn't me. Like he was like, yeah. I totally, and then finally someone figured it out. And then like 19 cops jump on him. We're like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and what happened is the news, the news uh, crew and the helicopter we're calling in. They were like, we fought, we saw them. Like we still have them. Yeah. And I'm wondering if like, that's their, do they have to do that? Is that like their, does that break some sort of journalistic law? Like if you're helping the cops with a criminal, I have no idea what the rule is. I sort of was pissed. I was like, what? You can't fucking, cause technically the pilot's not a journalist. He's a pilot. So maybe the, the The cops are just, or the, what is it? The FAA? Maybe their rules say that. Probably the journalists are just riding along with cop helicopters. Such a sick move, though. I was like, dude, that was Matrix. out the seat. Like, Matrix. Old guys, like, he almost had it. The sweet part is that he was standing there for a while. It was, like, 15 minutes where he was trapped. He couldn't he walk there, off because he, he was like, if I walk away, someone's going to be like, hey, where are you going? Oh, shit. That's good That's stuff. Great. What do you got going on coming up? What's, what's the next project you're happening that, uh, that you want to do? Right now, it's building up that adventure van. That's the big one. Yeah. Did we already talk about that? I think we kind of mentioned it. You went deep on the adventure van. Dude, I'm obsessed. My Pinterest board, I've got like four pages. No, four different boards. Something like that. Are you going to do like the the rollout side canopy summertime where you have like the roll and you can like pull it out? At some point. 
I'm going to go pretty low budget at first. It's going to start off with, let's wire the sucker up. You've got to have a nice battery in the back. Yeah, extra battery. And then you got to have uh, that one-way circuit so you can charge off the alternator. Mm-hmm. Because we want to be able to power the, the beer fridge. Yep. And then, actually, we're going to probably use the beer fridge for actual food and then put the beer in a Yeti cooler. Because, you know, Yeti cooler. Why not? Those are some fucking nice coolers. They are. So get one of those to start before we get the fridge and then, like, have it wired up and ready to go. Yeah. But, I mean, that's so basically build it, get the wiring done, and then insulate the shit out of it. Are you going to carry bikes inside or outside of it? We're going to do inside. Yeah, that seems like a huge move because you can fit them in there. They're protected. You don't have to climb all over the freaking van to get them up and down. Yeah, forget that because it needs to look like a regular van, like no logos, like some kind of work van. We'll probably get, like, magnetic decals for berm style and for the bike skills classes. But fuck other than that, you pretty much just have this white or gray van. You just go and park anywhere. You're like, oh, I'm tired. Here's a Walmart. I'll just pull over here. Because that's like apparently, did you know that that's kind of where like the unwritten rule is you can always park at a Walmart? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that until I started researching van culture. That's how they give back. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you could be in a semi-truck <laughs> or in some kind of van or camper. Like you're always welcome to uh, park there and use their bathrooms and buy their crap. You can live great. You have all the candles. Yep. Got to do like some nice LED lights. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do some like spray foam insulation. So that's kind of like step one and two is wire it, insulate it. Yeah. And then start mocking up the bed. Maybe I'll build a cardboard first. Jay Sanchez electric. Dude, I want to. On the side. <laughs> no one be like, I'm not breaking into that thing. Like, yeah, that's right. a really nice electric, man. <laughs> That'd be funny, actually. Like, I'm government contractor. Yeah, those things are awesome. The shower, my favorite part <coughs> or features are like the swivel chairs. Mm. So you can hell you know, yeah. like you get in, you, you can do get the captain's s- chair for the passenger at the You can least. get so in, in depth, you know. You get the captain's chair. They go all the way down to some like kind the, of laptop things. So you get like a little mini couch right there right. and swivel around. Footrest. Cause you need a footrest. I know. I thought about it because it was like for I'm paying either. I'm paying rent in this place. Yeah. And I can buy a van at, for a $300,000 van and it's like the same amount I'm paying in rent for a three bedroom in Portland. Exactly. But I'm just like, I didn't, I don't know why I didn't do it. I well, was if I had a pussy. If I had a job I could work from, from a coffee shop, that's what I definitely do. Mm-hmm. I, uh, that was all, that almost happened. <laughs> so I had this job and thought I was going to, came, I came down to like the final three or something and I thought I was going to get it. I'm like, I'm buying a van. Yeah. And we were going to travel and live out of the Whistler parking lot in the summertime and then go to Arizona in the wintertime. Oh, yeah. That's a dream. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though. It's like, it's fucking cold here. Like, I was riding my butt off on my bike, and it was awesome when I first moved here. I went from riding four hours a week to eight to ten hours a week. But then we got that 22 days of rain. Like, how do you guys, how do you deal with that? I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, welcome back. Seriously. Yeah, you got here in July, so you're... Spending so much money on cold weather gear. It's ridiculous. I don't even... I haven't noticed it. I just make a little cynical state, state. Like, I say shit every day. So every day at when, like, I'm leaving to go home from work, I'm like, man, look at how bright it is out still. And it's <laughs> fucking pitch black. But it's a little bit brighter than yesterday where I'm like, I can tell. And people are like, you can't fucking tell. It's oh, still man. pitch black. I'm like the exact opposite. I'm like, it sucks. What do you do when it rains? And then Max is like, get a jacket, you wussy. Yeah. Like... You should look at his comments on my Instagram. He's always like, stop being a wussy. Go back to California if you can't handle it. And I'm like, meh. 
I need to get back into commuting. I've been riding the motorcycle, so I haven't been, like, I have not been pedaling. All my rain gear is gone. Like, I don't have any more. Like, it's all worn out. It's not that it's gone. It just wore out. You should have bought one of those jackets when they were on sale. The Jira ones? Yeah. I did get one of those. Okay, good. Those are, those are pretty good. They're really nice. I like wearing It's almost my nicest jacket, so now I just wear it on, like, when I go out to dinner. <laughs> like, I don't wear I'm like, I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> Which color one did you get? Gray one. Okay. They're yeah. all, weren't they all gray? Like there, was a, there was a sweet, like, Don Johnson white one. Oh, I, I, I'd I just, get the white one just to have a white one. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, I want that. But I almost bought a... Cheever like hat. a white or a silver Castelli vest years ago. We had them in their bike shop. And I was like, oh, it's too expensive. Even though it was like really cheap. Right. But like I was living on a bike shop salary. Wage. Sorry. You don't make a salary in a bike shop. It's <laughs> true. Wrenching on bikes. <laughs> Correction. And I'm like, oh, it's so cool. And I'm like, oh, I should have bought that that thing. But they don't make it anymore. It was sick. It was like the silver Castelli vest. I think it was all space age. Now Giro has these space age, uh, the full reflective silver shoes that are actually yeah. really nice they look really good they're freaking cool actually castelli has a a jacket with some of the retro reflective material that's the one thing that keeps me every year is maybe it's just portland well it is because I'm, i live here but all the new the psychocross kids and the site are like you got olympia's beer team yep like portland still has that like panache of like teams that come out and create new kits and like i feel like it's been dead a little bit the last couple of years and this year hopefully like somebody comes out and does something like what right what do you think just design wise you know okay. like we're just like because we're, we're we've been talking to Stelly about doing a berm style jersey you totally or should a kit i mean everybody should they don't do a baggy short so i'd have to figure out what i'm gonna wear because like it'd be cool to have it for cyclocross but i don't really do the full like right unless i'm that's the thing. The nobody, nobody does the team mountain bike like full kit. I wonder why. Yeah. I mean, it is just like a cult. It's it's because mountain bikers don't do that. They're like, just give me whatever. I'm just gonna go ride. But their color. A lot of mountain bikers are color oriented or like. Yeah. No. They look good. They pair their shit I, together. I just got a new bike and I already have at least four kits that match it. Yeah. And all my Camelbacks match my my frame color. Although I'll admit. I got a couple of advanced Camelbacks. I liked them so much. I bought my new bike to match my Camelbacks. Right. Is that too much? No, that's what you do. Like, why would you do anything else? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, like, you... a friend of mine, <coughs> Chris, <laughs> I'm going to send him the link to this. So he'll just dress in whatever's clean. I think he has like two or three jerseys, and they're like at least five years old. I should have given some. Actually, I think I gave him some when I moved away because he was nice enough to help him out. Thanks for helping me pack up. Because <laughs> we moved in up and I had to pack everything by myself. We all, I was packing until like 10 o'clock at night. I started at 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, fuck, the trailer's <laughs> not loaded yet. And there's like crap all over the front lawn and this is Oakland. People are just walking up and picking up and walking away with stuff. I'm like, motherfucker. It's a free yard sale at yeah, that point. Pretty much. Like, I gave away a bunch of bikes that I just thought I was going to have room to bring. I should have tied them to the roof of the to the roof actually that would have worked so we'll do next time you're moving back don't tell me you're moving no I don't want to move again for all moving sucks I'm going to move into a van that sounds better stick everything in a I've never storage had an interest unit. in living down there what I do love though if I live down in LA I would love to like be around there's a crazy comedy scene that's happening yeah that's true and I guess it's always been really funny down there like there's a lot of like talented people but 
you put all those actors and like famous people together and like LA just in itself is a monster and then you get yeah, like you a, have to drive that's the downside of LA in San Francisco you can ride your bicycle everywhere you can jump on the train or you ride your bicycle and then a couple years ago they let you start taking the bikes on the train that right. totally changed everybody's lives yeah, but I like don't know there's, much about it. there's always something to do in the Barry and it's always nice out like it's like oh, summer yeah. year round yeah which is so weird it's like a little like a cove of paradise yeah i mean the the only drawback is you have to live with other californians <laughs> and it's just ridiculously expensive i mean that's the it is that's the fear that portland's gonna go it's already going there yeah i mean like you gotta lock into a fear. cheap place if you don't like where you live now you should move while you can still get relatively cheap rent yeah like as we speak you should be like uh like, lock something down yeah because we basically when we moved back in 2010 we moved in this little rinky dink apartment and it was cheap. It was like under a thousand bucks for a small one bedroom. That's like, you wouldn't be able to get that now. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure that same apartment's 16 or 1700 bucks right now. Yeah. But then we like the next door unit opened up. We fucking jumped on that and we lived there for the next four years. <laughs> We're like, I hate this apartment, <laughs> but it's really close to a whole foods and a Trader Joe's. And that's, right. You have your, you have your amenities. <clears throat> yep. I looked out with this place like now I got to like I was in a tiny little rental studio you know doing this down downtown it was like 425 bucks a month for like a 9 by 9 oh yeah so I just lo- lumped it into and I am like so blessed to have this place because it's like three bedroom North Portland it's cheap it's like a thousand bucks oh yeah that's really good so good and my landlord it was 800 and he raised it to a thousand and he was like, "Well, I sort of feel like it's not." That's how much. It, that's how much my house was. I live in a two bedroom in North Portland. It was seven fifty. That's how it should be for like everything. But now you can just get it. You, they people can like even looking for. If I wasn't gonna stay here and looking to rent a room, it was seven fifty for just a room. Yeah. And then deposit all that. I was like, oh, Portland, huh? No, that's really good. There's little gems out there, but it's other than that, it's ruined. For, sorry, everybody else, but it's ruined. Yeah, isn't everybody moving to Washington? That's what it looks like based on the traffic uh, I see. Yeah, Washougal. Is that really the, the new spot? The Washougal's awesome. It's got that moto course out there. There's huh. mountain biking. There's like, tons of mountain biking over that side. Tons of mountain biking there because all the dirt bike guys are there. Yeah, it's like the biggest once a year. It's like the biggest. Well, that's where all the new good trails in the Portland area are. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, other than that, Sandy Ridge, but that's actually closer. Yeah, by not much, but it's still... What's nice, though, is, like, it's 30 minutes from here. Yeah, it's half an hour. So you, I could live in Washougal and make it to the airport in 30 minutes. Yeah. But then you're just one of those people trying to get back over that fucking bridge at 7 o'clock at night. Like, it's got to be better on a motorcycle, though. I mean, you can't split lanes, but are you doing the frequent lane change thing? That's how I'd be rolling. Yeah, at a certain point on bridges, uh, and this is totally unofficial, by the way. It's not. I would never admit to this. No, but yeah, yeah when it gets to be uh, bridges or anywhere, it's enough traffic where there's no way that without a helicopter. Yeah, that's why you always wear a big brown jacket to take off. Nice. Just start filtering. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like I learned how to ride a motorcycle commuting in the Bay Area, and you know the cool thing about riding a motorcycle in the Bay Area, you're always going the speed limit. Right, all the time. <laughs> it's like oh, everybody's not moving. Yeah. Sure.
guys, that was Jason Van Horn from Burnstyle.com. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, look for some more podcasts. Follow us on iTunes and go to PuckSilvan.com and uh, you can find all of our guests on there. Thanks again. Peace.